Hey there. Before we start the show today, a quick note. Seattle Now is made by KUOW, an NPR station, which means we're nonprofit. Everything we make, including this podcast, exists because of support from listeners like you. If you took the time to donate during last week's drive, thank you. Really, thank you. If you haven't given, then consider supporting us now. It's a great time to make a tax-deductible gift. Get it in by the end of the year. There's a link to learn more and donate in the show notes. And thanks. Hey, good morning. It's Patricia Murphy. It's Thursday. This is Seattle Now. There's plenty of festive activities happening this time of year, many of them traditional. The tree lighting, the nutcracker, and my favorite, Charlie Brown Christmas. But Seattle's queer community has also created a unique tradition of holiday shows with a twist. Twas the night of all Christmas, and all through West Hall, all the homos were gathering, big games and small. Chase Burns is here to take us inside one of the city's most colorful Christmas performances. But first, let's get you caught up. A jury in Pierce County found Sheriff Ed Troyer not guilty of falsely claiming a newspaper carrier threatened his life. The charges stem from an incident in January when Troyer, who is white, was involved in a confrontation with a black newspaper carrier. The acquittal follows testimony from law enforcement, including Troyer and the newspaper carrier he allegedly threatened. The jury deliberated for six hours. Free COVID tests are back in stock. Demand was so high last month, the state ran out. But now they've got three million on hand to give out, so get yours. The Department of Health says it's an important tool if you're feeling under the weather or you've potentially been exposed to COVID. Just go online to sayyescovidhometest.org. And the end of the year will bring the gift of permanent supportive housing to 76 people. That means they'll get rental assistance and support services. The units in the Salmonberry Building in Pioneer Square were built cooperatively between King County and the city. They're part of an effort to open 1,600 units of affordable housing for people experiencing or at risk of chronic homelessness in the county. That is the cast of Jingle All the Gay, a queer Christmas burlesque show. It's been running on Capitol Hill in one form or another for 13 years. And for the cast and audience, it's not just a performance. It's a family tradition. Not only was the show created so that we could just be with our chosen family during the holidays, but at first it was like, oh, there's 30 gays here. Yay, that's fun. And now it's like people come with their entire blood families and their chosen families, and it just gets bigger and bigger every year. That's Kitten, one of the creators and stars of Jingle All the Gay. Chase Burns went to a performance of the show last week and is here to tell us about how it's become an enduring tradition. He's the editor for The Ticket at The Seattle Times. Hey, Chase, good to see you. Hello, 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 or ho, 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 as I should say. (laughs) Ho, ho, ho. Chase, before we talk about burlesque, I hear the founders of this show are the reason you actually live here in Seattle, which is fantastic. That is true. I don't know if they know this, but Kitten is one part of a duo called Kitten and Lou, and they are partners both in show and in life. 
And so they had a wedding video that they posted that I saw when I lived in Minneapolis, and it was of them and all of their burlesque friends. And the aesthetic and the the camaraderie was so infectious that it actually tipped me over in deciding to move to Seattle. That is amazing. Well, I'm glad we get to thank someone for bringing you here, Chase. What can people expect if they go to this show? So it's set at Kitten and Lou's house during the holidays, and they're inviting all of their chosen family to come and celebrate with them. That's the basic setup, and then from there, it's a variety show. So you have drag performers, you have burlesque performers, and they're coming from maybe surprising places. The postman appears with his package. That's an innuendo. The Christmas angel on top of the star comes down from the Christmas tree and does a bit of a tease. There's also a tattooed gay G. Jesus and some Jewish superheroes. We're the Hanukkah Hero Action Force, Avi. Yeah, we are here to save the secular masses from too much fuel type. Oh, God. Looks like we got here just in time because it was getting dangerously Christmassy in here. So everyone is invited to this party. I love this. A lot of flash in there. Chase, it sounds like a lot of fun. But is there a message or a point the show is trying to leave with people? Yeah. So it's creating the space for people to celebrate. And, you know, sometimes as queer people, we are often kicked out of religious or family spaces. And there are aspects of those spaces that we still want during the holidays. And when I spoke to Kitten, she talked about how she really tried to include some of those holiday traditions in this show, but for a queer audience. Weird family, like, went to grandma's house every single Christmas and ate the same, like, special weird pastry every morning and played the exact same holiday records and hung the special ornaments, the whole thing. That being said, I went through uh, several years where I was estranged from my family because I am queer. And it was, yeah, it was really sad and hard to, to feel like I had to lose all of that in order to be my authentic self and getting to create this family, it was really, like, very healing for me. Chase, the idea of Chosen Family is so powerful, and I wonder if that applies to the audience as well. What did they tell you about why they were there? Yeah, first off, when you walk into the space, it's full. There's so many crowds of people who are coming there with family members, with friends. And I spoke to a bunch of people before the, before the show, there was some teenagers that were there with their parents. There were uh, there was a lesbian couple. Uh, one pair of them, Rosanna Hughes, told me that she met her wife on Capitol Hill back in the early 2000s. And she spoke about how important queer spaces like this and queer events are uh, for them and their community. I feel so comfortable going to queer events. And I didn't actually go to any when I was young because I grew up in the 90s. But it would have been actually really great to be able to see this kind of work when I was younger. And Rosanna and her wife were so excited to see the show. They had been wanting to see Kit and Lou for years and hadn't been able to, and now they're able to, now that the show is back up and running post-pandemic. I spoke to another group of Chosen Family, and they told me that they've been coming for five years and that this has become a real important tradition for them every single holiday season. Well, you know, it strikes me, listening to you, that we are a city of transplants. I'm from New Jersey, so I also have a Chosen Family out here. I wonder if that adds to the resonance of this show. 
I think it does. You know, I'm from Idaho originally. I lived there growing up as a queer kid. And when you look out as a queer kid and you're looking at your community, you're like, maybe I don't want to live here for the rest of my Mm -hmm. life. You're often looking at places like Seattle or Portland as destinations. And so when we talk about transplants, I think a lot about economic transplants, like people who come here for Amazon or Boeing. But there are also queer transplants who are coming here because they can find spaces. And you see that a lot in the Capitol Hill culture, but also Seattle as a whole. And even when I was at the show, there was a group of people who were from Idaho, and they'd come directly just to see this show. Again, so powerful, the draw. You know, another reason some people feel uncomfortable around the holidays, of course, is religion. They may not feel welcome in the religion they were raised in. Does the show address that? It does. It's very tongue-in-cheek. There is that tattooed Jesus. Uh, He is gay, which is not your typical representation of Jesus. But the way that that performance is given, it's still very open for people who are religious or not. Hey, Dad, what's up? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Jesus Christ, only son of me. Well, how's my favorite Capricorn? And how's that Judas? He's still treating you okay? Oh, Dad. We broke up. So sorry to hear that, Spirit Incarnate. Whatever happened to that nice Jewish boy? Matthew, was it? No, Dad, I've only dated Jewish boys. I've only had 12 boyfriends ever. Kitten and Lou said that clergy members have come and enjoyed the show and spoken to them afterwards. And Kitten talked about how that that performance of the Jesus character is what's often bringing people together. Yeah. You know, this show feels so very unique to Seattle, this Christmas tradition show. But is it truly unique to our city? I think it is. Kitten has this saying that she said that Seattle likes a little grittiness with its schmaltz. And so (laughs) that is definitely present in this show. Uh, And there are other queer hubs and cities that I think have similar shows like this. But there is something unique in how Seattle's different communities, I think, of drag performers and burlesque performers and dancers really come together. Kitten also pointed out that Seattle's queer scene is unique in how diverse and large it is. The diversity of Seattle's queer scene is truly mind-boggling. It's it's like every kind of person imaginable is part of the queer scene here. And we get to see them all gather in this room together, and it's really, really special. I mean, you have, like, techies and old ladies who live on an island and cool, hip, weirdo artists, and it's it's really just everybody. You know, we're talking about community and supporting each other and chosen family, but this is a really tense time to be in a queer space. There's been violence and threats against the queer community nationally and locally. Just last week, a bar in Renton hosting a drag queen story hour was shot at. Does that raise the significance of this event? Yeah, I think that when you talk to performers and audience members, they will bring this up. It's not the first thing they bring up, but there's definitely an anxiety there, uh, especially when you think about the Colorado Springs shooting last month. There are examples kind of when you look everywhere. But I think that that really underscores why these spaces are important, especially around the holiday times and being able to come into a room that is so full of people who are supportive. It can act as a balm for all of that anxiety. Yeah, that's a lot of this time of year, you know. It's been a weird, scary year, but in some ways it makes you appreciate and draws you closer to the things that are really important. Chase, how are you thinking about the holiday? You know, my family lives in Florida and I live here. And so there is a 
a tension there because there's this power ranking in a way that you think you should spend with your your blood family over your chosen family. And every single year I have that debate. But I think that ultimately it's helpful to just have more people in your life that you love. And so I try to remind myself that it's not it's not the worst thing to be fighting over. Should I hang out with my best friend on Christmas or my mom? Those are both good things. <laughs> Though your mom probably would have an answer to that. Chase. My mom definitely has an answer to that. <laughs> Chase Burns is the editor of The Ticket at The Seattle Times. Really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Happy holidays, Chase. Happy holidays or happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. All the Gay has performances through December 18th. There's also a recording of last year's show you can stream online through January 3rd. There's a link in the show notes to both of those. Thanks for listening to Seattle Now. Today's episode was reported by Chase Burns and produced by Claire McGrain. The show is also produced by Caroline Chamberlain Gomez, Jenny Cecil Moore, Vaughn Jones, and Brandy Fullwood. Matt Jorgensen does our theme music. Seattle Now and KUOW Public Radio are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Patricia Murphy. See you tomorrow. Thank you.